Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sports Hub. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me having an on. In therapy. Socks! Socks, stop, stupid socks. It's Felger and Maz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Zappy over playing Thurston left. Henry in the end zone makes the catch. Dives in. Touchdown, Patriots. Three touchdowns by number four tonight. Bailey Zappy has come to play, baby. You may have your quarterback right now for the rest of the year. Case closed. What a throw on the streak to, to Hunter Henry on the left boundary. Play fake strong, and he just throws a dime to Hunter Henry on the outstretch. What a catch. Great throw. A Two great touchdown to Smith passes. Schuster, a dime to Hunter Henry, his second touchdown grab of the day, the third touchdown pass for Bailey Zappi. All right, great throw from Bailey Zappi, says Scott Zola. We're going back to last Thursday. Patriots-Steelers, that was Zappi's third of three touchdown passes in the first half. That ball down the left sideline to Hunter Henry. Zoe says great throw. That was a good throw, Miz? Yeah, it was a good throw. I thought it was a good throw. Okay, I'm going to ask Murray. Yeah, good. Maz doesn't like anything. That Even you can admit that was a good throw. No, it was, it was a, a good throw. It was a good throw. You had a little tone in your voice. I did, which you'll understand in a minute. Keep going. There's no tone in mine. I thought it was a good throw. It was a good throw. I'm not talking to you anymore, Mess. Because I can tell you have tone. <laughs> you know who thinks it was lucky? Who? The big boy. My issues with the big boy. Greg boy. <laughs> so no one knows that yet. Correct. I just said I'll tell you in a minute. Here comes Greg Bedard in the Boston Sports Journal on Bailey Zappi last Thursday. Two of his plays were very fortunate. The juju catch, sure. The first ball down the field, sure. Give me that. And the second TD to Henry. Greg Bedard says that pass really should have been picked off. The safety butchered it. Greg Bedard, not that high on Bailey Zappi's appearance, according to his writing, (laughs) says in two of Zappi's three starts, he had three of the best pass protection games the past three years for the Patriots. Out of the 12 best protected games the past three years, Zappi has played in four of them, including Chicago. Bedard says this is probably just coincidence. But I'm sure some zappy heads would say that's his impact and guys playing for him. He says, I don't totally rule that out, although he does diminish it. (laughs) He says, yeah, Bedard, there should have been a camp competition, right, kid? Bedard writes, contrary to popular opinion, thanks to an overzealous radio producer who enjoys taking things out of context. Jimmy. 
I was never opposed to a quarterback competition, even though I thought Jones deserved the first shot as the first-round pick. I will tell you when there's a competition. That's just a way to get into the big boy here on a big boy Tuesday. Still undermining Bailey Zappi, are you not? <laughs> boy, you really loaded that one up. Well, well you know, you, you, you just no. got here. I, I needed so, you to settle in. So, uh, look, I, you know, I just grade the film. You know, and I try. Oh, yeah. Listen, it's, he's a slave to the film, man. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. no, no. There's this no is, agenda. This There's is no, why. This no is preconceived why I, notions. No Siskel and Ebert over here. This is why I grade the film to down. take emotion out of it. Now, and what my grade grading from this game said that through twenty-one to three, which was the first quarter and a half, Bailey Zappi put together one of the if that was for a full game it would have been one of the best games over the last three years quarterback that's where he was that's where the grade was now from then on out he graded negatively mostly from the interception which i did not give him full blame for i put half of it on juju smith schuster for running another crappy ass route um you know but you know there are there are circumstances i mean i i did give him a plus on that second hunter hunter uh, hunter henry touchdown nice but man. the read i gave <laughs> but the read was the the safety was there he should have picked it off like it was a bad play by the safety ba- bailey got a little bit fortunate there that's one of those plays where billy o'brien is sitting there and he's just like no 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 yes like he, he made the play probably in the film the next day uh you know they were just like okay we got away with this but don't do this again like a, a better team a better safety is going to pick that play off or or uh break it up um but you know there's no question that bailey zappy played well in this game certainly better than mac jones has in recent weeks but there is the protection component i don't care what quarterback i don't care who it is you know the the guy in cincinnati if you protect a quarterback He's going to play well a Mass. vast majority of the time. Mass, what's your and they tone? protect him. What's your tone all about? Okay, do you remember the Dallas game a couple of years ago, Greg, when um, Mac Jones threw a pick six and on the very next play threw a 75-yard touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne? Yes. You remember that throw? Mm-hmm. Lucky. It was. Okay, good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah he knew what you he, – he could see that coming, Mass. Okay, I was just looking for a little consistency. <laughs> he could see that coming. out a Mass trap. <laughs> <laughs> Because all the Mac Jones Bobos want to tell me, yeah, did you see the way he answered after the pick six? Yeah, did you see it? And it was a crap throw. The safety blew the play. It was a risky throw. They got a touchdown on it. It was lucky. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for a little consistency. Okay. And, and, and I'm just looking for a little, I mean, because it was such, you know, you scolded us so bad in the offseason. And it was such a topic in the offseason yeah. about Zappy and. No, 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 no. Get it right. Okay. What did I scold you about? Just because Joe Murray goes down on one day and thinks there's a quarterback competition, that doesn't mean it's true. Right. I happen what, to trust Joe Murray. <laughs> what Same. I scolded you about was that you guys, including Joe Murray, were saying there was a quarterback competition and that Bailey Zappi was in it. And what I can tell you, just on the field, that was not okay. occurring. In hindsight, should there have been? Uh, yeah, Sure, but the problem with that is that Bailey Bailey didn't take advantage of any opportunity he might have gotten in that camp. Like, he just didn't play well all summer to the point that he got cut and he was exposed to the rest of the league and nobody picked him up. So, but, okay, listen, I, you were down there, you saw it, so, like, I, 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 take, I take a lot of that at face value. I'm, I, I understand Zappi didn't play well. 
I'm also going to believe that they didn't put him in a position to play well and didn't care if he played it's well. possible. And we're more than happy just to bury him because this whole uh, offseason into the first half of the year was about coddling Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I and, would agree with that. And pampering Mac Jones and setting up Mac Jones. And so I think Bailey Zappi got caught in some of that shrapnel and uh, probably didn't respond well to it and didn't play well himself. But I think the whole organization was just, again, way too set up for Mac Jones. And we, we, we've been at this for the last couple of days. And I, I, I just think the way Zappi played in that game should sort of have opened people's eyes up. Hey. I, I, I don't trust the Patriots when it comes to this position mm-hmm. anymore. And look what happened today. Exactly. And I'm going to say, so if you're just joining us, Malik Cunningham today was signed by the Baltimore Ravens to their 53-man roster. This is the way it works because you keep – and I, I've lost track. I'm sure you have as mm-hmm. well. Is Malik Cunningham on the roster, off the roster? Is he on the practice squad? If you're on the practice squad, you're technically on waivers and can be signed at any time to someone else's 53. And they, Malik Cunningham and a lot of these backups have bounced on and off the active roster all season long. And today, Malik Cunningham got claimed by the Ravens onto their 53. And now, like, I, I haven't been calling for Malik Cunningham. I got no particular thing for Malik Cunningham, but I just look at you and the way you've handled this position. For four years running, if not longer, maybe going back to trading Garoppolo and what they did afterwards. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, six years, whatever this is. And I look at you and I look at the Ravens and I say, you know what? The Ravens probably got it right and you probably got it wrong because I don't trust your decision making at this position anymore. Right. And I think this is one of the indictments when you talk about whether Belichick should be back or not and about what they're facing picking the next franchise quarterback for, for this team. Why would anybody trust Bill Belichick to do that? You know, I can't think of anything. And, and you know, look, we don't even know, you know, what position the Ravens claimed him for. But, you know, to me, it looks like, you know, so they have Lamar Jackson. Then they also have Tyler Huntley and Josh Johnson. You know, they probably look at those guys and just say they're not the answer. And Malik Cunningham fits into, you know, same type of player that Lamar Jackson is. Same. They went to the same college. Um you know, dual threat, you can make argument better runner than a passer at times, even though Lamar Jackson's come light years with that. And to say, hey, we have a chance to get, you know, a guy to train him up behind behind Lamar Jackson and watch Lamar Jackson emulate Lamar Jackson. He could get a, a good alternative should Lamar Jackson get hurt at some point. And it's just you look at the Patriots, you're just like, do they have any idea about the quarterback position or offense in today's NFL. I think the thing is a significant story. I, again, you would you say, okay, it's a guy on the practice squad, but you have a guy that you signed as an undrafted. For, why, are you, why are you looking? At no, because I think it's absurd. Go, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. You have a guy. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you have a guy that that you signed as an undrafted free agent that you saw some promise in, and in, in a league that is now putting the quarterback in more of a playmaking position than ever before. He just he just decided to leave you. For the Ravens. Well, that's not exactly apples to apples mess. It's not like he went to the Ravens practice squad. He got an NFL contract. Okay, but... So he didn't decide to leave you. But they elevated him early in the year and put him on the roster, and they could have kept him there. Yo, no, right. So, but I just think that's not the right the way to... It's He didn't leave you. He got claimed by another team for an NFL job. Okay, so you got... Someone took him from you. Okay, does he sound unhappy to be going? Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard him talk. I, I haven't heard him say anything. Well, Murray, what, did, what was that Trent Brown uh, tweet that was out there? Yeah, uh, well, that was Trent Brown. Well, saying, I know. I think he's he's speaking with the knowledge that the player's happy to be out of here. I think they're connected. I think that the kid's better off in Baltimore. And maybe I'm just putting my opinion on it. But the fact is, 
He's better off in Baltimore. He fits their system. Any chance he has in the league of succeeding will be better there than here. I think that that is a massive indictment on the Patriots, Greg. Yeah, so uh, Trent Brown on Instagram shortly after this news said, go flourish where your talent is respected with a picture of Malik Cunningham. And you know what? Let's say, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that Cunningham doesn't necessarily believe that, but he's got a legit job. There are people in the league that feel the way Trent Brown does. If Trent Brown feels that way, there are others. Go play in a place that your talents will be used properly and appreciated. I think that's an indictment on the Patriots. And, and didn't Juju Smith-Schuster have a quote like when Malik was taking more quarterback reps uh, you know, to reporters in the locker room about like, man, that's a, that's a bad man right there. Like he makes a bunch of plays. And then uh, also there's this component. And this just typifies Bill Belichick's regime as a, as a, as a GM. He went out of his way at three. It was two and ten at the time to claim a special teams linebacker from the Eagles, and didn't really care about signing Malik Cunningham to his fifty-three well, man roster. Okay, so I mean, this is what I was going to do. So to protect Malik Cunningham, to prevent him from being claimed from another team, you just had to keep him on your fifty-three. That takes him off of waivers. So who is on the roster that you had to protect at the expense of Malik Cunningham? Let me give you a couple names. Maz, have you ever heard of someone named Alex Austin? No. He played last week. He played okay. Alex Austin is number 28 in your scorebook. Score He's a defensive back. I've never heard of him before. Okay, there's one. Uh, let's see if I can give you another one. I'll give you one. Jamichael Hasty. Who's that? The running back who they claimed who wasn't even oh, active when they needed running backs on Thursday. Jamichael. J-A-M-Y-C-A-L. Jamichael Hasty. A five foot eight running back. Yeah. Have to have this guy. He's got to be on teams. Or something. He's just been inactive. That guy's gotta be on your that guy's gotta be on your roster. And I heard Mike Reese talking about this with Zolak and Bertrand. Is his name Cody Davis or Corey Davis? Cody Davis. Cody Davis. Cody Davis. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him all year? No, but I at least Personal I've, pump protector. At least I've heard the name. Okay, but again, is he any good? <laughs> no. Reese said on Sunday he was Reese. Said he didn't look that great, which means the guy sucked. Never mind, Jeremiah was a bullfrog farms mm-hmm. junior. This guy's still on it. He's been on the team all year, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Does he play? Not very much. Three or four snaps here and there. Jalen Rieger? Who is out there? Correct. But you have to protect him? Right. Like anyone else is going to take that guy? Correct. Why can't you bounce Jalen Rieger on and off your practice squad? He's been bounced. Uh, if you've got to get on, why can't you just cut him? If, if if you have to keep Jeremiah Farms and Alex Austin, and I'm sorry, what was his name? Jamichael Hasty. If you have to keep Cody Davis on the roster, why can't you just futz with Jalen Rigger and take him on the practice squad and on and off and on and off? Why do you have to do that with a quarterback? Who actually might have a future. Yep. Because you have no touch at the position. Bingo. That That's what's frustrating to me and should be frustrating to everyone. What's on this roster that you have to protect with a, with a 53-man designation at the expense of Malik Cunningham, who just, set, who just broke Lamar Jackson's records in college? I am so with you on this. Again, when I saw this today, I said, wow, what an indictment. Like, that the kid, and again, whoever chose it, okay? Like, I'm not going to, 
Whoever chose that the kid was better off in another organization than he is here. Remember all those years where we would look at players and say, what if Belichick got a hold of a guy like that? Or what if the Patriots would know how to use him? They would know what to do. Now I feel the opposite. Oh, but th- thank God Jalen Rieger's got a, got a spot. A good thing they protected him because Lord knows he was going to get snatched right out from underneath them. Thank God they kept his roster spot. All right, so that, let's talk football with Bedard. 617-779-0985 with you. And he's also got a problem. He's got another problem with Zappy <laughs> that we'll get to uh, right after these words. Just because Joe Murray goes down on one day and thinks there's a quarterback competition, that doesn't mean it's true. I happen to trust Joe Murray. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, more of Felger and Mad. Now, on, on, on the Sports Hub. Well, guys, at each step in Bailey Zappi's career, he's been doubted, told he wasn't fast enough or athletic enough. But his college offensive coordinator for four years, Zach Kitley, told me he has never seen Zappi's confidence waver because Zappi believes he can outwork anybody. Zappi said it was a wake-up call when he got cut by the Patriots in camp. And yet, even as he signed with their practice squad the very next day, he told Kitley, trust me, I've got this. Eventually, I'll be the starter. That was a Kaylee Hartung on the Amazon Prime broadcast last Thursday night, relaying the story she heard from Zappy. When Zappy got cut, he told his college court, uh, coach, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the starter anyway." And uh, he then he heads into the post game after the uh, after the game there in uh, Pittsburgh with a bleep bitting grin on his face. All of it, Bedard leads you to say what? I don't know. It bothers me, <laughs> I don't, and I don't know why. Like it just it, all of it bothers me. Like me too, Greg. Y- you tell me, like. I don't know the, the the comment, the way he's conducted himself, the grin, the you know before he got his first start, great practice, like you know, you know all that stuff. I don't know. It bothers me. Maybe I just don't like Bailey Zappi. I don't know. Maybe there's something about him that rubs me the wrong way. But like he just, I don't know. From afar, like it seems like he's happy about a teammate's demise. Like it'd be different if if like Mac Jones broke his leg and, and Zappy got his chance and he was doing this, like it's okay. Like the only reason he's getting a chance is because Mac Jones stunk up the joint and he's, he's the quarterback of a two and 10 team yet. He's happy as a pig and crap. Like, I'm sorry. Like when Brady took over in 2001 from, from, from Bledsoe, was he out there like no, this? God, no, not even close. Like, I don't know. It just, am I the only one? Like, no, no, you're not the only one. It's totally obvious. He's smug. He's smug. That's what it is. He's smug. And, and frankly, I think it's kind of childish. 
Like, it's the NFL dude. Have a little professionalism. It's, I think it's unprofessional. But I do. That Tommy DeVito's doing the same thing with the Giants. He's walking around like he's the cock of the walk. Yeah, but Jones also got – Daniel Jones got hurt, right? He got mm. his chance because Daniel Jones got hurt, which is – you know, and, and, and trust me, I don't like that, you know, either in the, you know, crowd shot. I mean, what's their record? Like – Five and eight now, I think. You know, so, uh, I mean, at least they can make a run, possibly get to nine and eight. You never know in the NFC, you know, where that might come out. So there's something, but I, I, I don't know. It just seems very selfish to me that all Bailey Zappi cared about was I'm signing back here because – I don't think Mac Jones. If if I'm Mac Jones and I hear that comment, I'm. If Bailey Zappi wasn't dead to me before, he definitely is dead to me now. Like I, I don't know. I just try to think of what would Tom Brady do, and what would Tom Brady's attitude? I mean, if Tom Brady was quarterback of a three and ten Patriots team, would he be smiling at all? Would he, I, I don't know. It just bothers me. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person. If I'm wrong, I don't know. That's just the way I feel. No other things make you a bad person. Okay. Uh, your thoughts out there, 617-779-0985. How about uh, Cam in Nashville? Yes, Cam. Cameron! Okay, calls back when you're ready to go. How about Tim in Blackstone? Yes, Tim. Hey, Greg, I have a question. Yep. Bailey Zappi had talked about how they didn't practice all week and he had watched everything from behind the screen. What does that show you about the coaching staff? Because that looked like their best game from start to finish through 13, 14 weeks. And they didn't practice once. What does that say about the coaching? And are they getting through? And are they even on the right seat in the bus? Because there's been no improvement week to week. And there's been no signs of getting better. And to me, that's a coaching thing, not a player thing. And I'm just curious to what you think after last week. Well, Thank you. Yeah, that's interesting. It was the least amount of coaching they've gotten all season. It was their best offensive game. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, way to look at it. Tim, good question. And um, certainly, you know, something that I've been thinking about. And it, it didn't take me very long in this game to be like, Oh, man, I forgot. I forgot that from McDaniels and Brady to passed on to O'Brien to McDaniels again, these guys know the formula against the Steelers. They could game plan for the Steelers because they've largely this scheme hasn't changed. And I think Bill even said during the week, you know, they do what they do. And we all know a team that does what they do, what, do what they do against the Patriots it's a death sentence, even against a, cra- a crappy Patriots team. And to me, watching the beginning of this game, I was like, oh, I forgot. They have the secret sauce. They know exactly. If we go to this motion, this is how the Steelers are going to adjust. The pick play with Hunter Henry for the first touchdown, they knew that the Steelers weren't going to switch there. The third down, third down and three, Zappy knew Juju Smith-Schuster was going to be wide open. Like They just have the secret sauce against the Steelers uh, defense, especially once T.J. Watt okay. was obviously concussed and then Highsmith went out of the game. So you think the coaching was a factor in that the Patriots just have the Pittsburgh scheme? They just have it. They just have it. Okay. How about this receiver coach leaving? What was his name again? Ross Douglas. Was Ross Douglas the assistant receiver coach? Yes. Okay, so Troy Brown's the receiver coach and mm-hmm. Ross Douglas the assistant receiver coach. But anyway, he's an NFL receiver coach. He left this week to take the receiver coach job at Syracuse. So, again, not a coordinator job in college, but a position college. But there is there is talk around the team that it is going to be some sort of coordinator level position at the end of the day. I don't know okay. if he's going to be offensive coordinator, but he might be like a he- assistant head coach or, I don't know, something like that. Do you Co- take that as a harbinger of these guys know the thing's about to get blown up, so go get a job while you can? I think so. I think so. I, to, to me, this reminds me sort of of 
Adrian Clem in, in Pittsburgh when he was there as the offensive line coach, and he knew that he was going to get canned at the end of the season, so he started looking for 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 another uh, position. By the way, speaking of that, uh, how about how about the job Ryan Wendell has done as the Rams offensive line coach? He was the only other offensive line coach that they interviewed, huh. and the Rams offensive line, how they've come on this season, has been one of the best stories uh, in the league this season, and then you have the Patriots. So I said this yesterday. I didn't realize he was the coach. Their line looked awesome Absol- against Baltimore. Absolutely. Their line looked awesome. And that's the guy that you passed to take Adrian Clem. Well, that was smart. Mm. Mm-hmm. Another one. I- I- chalk another one up there. So let's see. The the, um, the third-string quarterback on the practice squad is now gone. He's in Baltimore. The assistant receivers coach is now in Syracuse. Could it be that Rome is burning? Kevin in Dorchester. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey, guys, I want to say, first of all, I've been a fan for 20 years, man. I've been following you guys a long time. I got two questions. Do you really think Belichick is done or he got one more shot? Second question, what do you think about Bo Nix? Because he, he can fall to us. Thank okay. you, guys. Uh, I think we all think Bill's done, but we'll expand on that here in just a little bit, so stay tuned for that. Give me a thought on Bo Nix there. So Good I point. haven't seen very much of him. I know I, I've heard Zoe. Zoe is not a fan of his. Um I, I think that, it, am I not mistaken, has Bo, Bo Nix been at a bunch of different schools? Uh, he was at Auburn first. I thought that he was at Ole Miss at some point. All these quarterbacks, Greg, they've all moved. And they're old. Yeah, the large majority, a good chunk of these guys have all moved. Penix has moved. They, a lot of them move. Yeah, I, you know, Bo Nix is... He'll I be have, 24 when he's drafted. Yeah, he and I, I, think, 24 and I think Penix is even older than that. I think he's going to be like 25 or 26. Um I'm not a huge Bo Nix guy. I, I defer to quarterbacks like Zolak, who who watch this a little bit more. Um, not a huge fan. I am intrigued. I did watch a little film of Drake May, the Carolina quarterback, and um, I'm intrigued by him. There's, there's, he reminds me a little bit of Justin Herbert. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be Justin Herbert, but he's that type of you know tall, skinny guy, um, can make plays with his feet also. I don't think he's going to be as good as Herbert, but... Remind me a little bit of Herbert. Okay, we'll zip through the three up, three down from the Pittsburgh game off of Bedard's film study, and we'll take more of your calls. Don't go anywhere. Mock me. I'm sorry. Why you got to mock me? Was, uh, that wasn't mocking. I'm descending. Yeah, no, it was. I was just. I'm setting. It's film study. We're not just <laughs> doing this from the couch. Oh, you'll know when we're mocking you. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, at the 250 uh, segment. We've got uh, Murray's update first. Don't go anywhere. It's Felger and Elder. Oh, and don't forget Murray on the Sports Hub. And now, it's time for three up. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from bostonsportsjournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Felder and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, three up, three down with Greg Bedard, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Three up, three down, three studs, three duds from last Thursday in Pittsburgh. We'll do all three at once for each and zip through it and then get back to the phone. So give me your three up here in order, Greg, please. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, he was just tremendous all the way around. The run game, not great stats, but really tough yards. The pass game, uh, the tackle on the interception was tremendous. Uh, Michael Wenu, who he must have been sick 
last week. He did two weeks ago against the Giants. He had the best offensive line performance. Last week was one of the worst. This week set a new high as uh, best offensive line performance for the Patriots, especially against TJ Watt, who we did a nice job against. And then uh, Anthony Jennings beat out Zappy, uh, Christian Barmore. Jennings was tremendous on the edge in this game. Zeke Elliott, Juju Smith-Schuster, and uh, Zappi. I went with those three. And just to echo what Greg said on Elliott, he played in 92% of the snaps. No one other than him, save for Zappi. There was no other handoff to anyone other than Ezekiel Elliott. Guy's a pro. He really is. He's a baller. Amazing, right? And then seven, uh, eight targets, seven receptions, the tackle to save a touchdown. Like, it was a, it was a man's performance. And this is just the kind of guy you would think, you know, would just sort of coast if if he had the chance, or you know, and not, that's not you would think. What I mean by that is, first round pick, Dallas Cowboy made his money playing for nothing on a nothing team that's going nowhere. You know, running back who has you know gotten beaten up over his career. Like if anyone had an excuse just to sort of coast to the finish line, it would be him. And he just takes the exact opposite approach. So a lot of respect for Ezekiel Elliott. All right, three down there, Greg. Uh, Ty Montgomery. Thank goodness. Uh, he, I'm he's sorry, gone. who? This is another guy. Yeah. Uh, how does he keep a roster spot? I, he doesn't. I was anymore. asking he's that gone. all year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did that happen? I After missed this that. game. I yeah. missed it. Like yeah. the next day. <laughs> oh, they cut his ass. He's out of here. <laughs> what does he do? But go ahead. Next. Uh, J.C. Jackson. He was awful in this game. Gave up a touchdown. He was lucky Miss Trubisky threw a horrible ball or else it, it would have looked even worse. He had two penalties. He has just been atrocious and the thing is like physically he's there like as far as his speed and engagement but like he's just so undisciplined and credit to the Patriots his first time around they were able to beat that out of him that and get him to play more disciplined and focused in this game this this season he's just been a mess he's been all over the place and then uh city so he gave up um two sacks he he wasn't horrible in this game I think he's 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 done a nice job uh this year but he just has bouts of inconsistency, like all rookies. Ty Montgomery, J.C. Jackson, and Spicoli. And, and Brennan Schooler. <laughs> Schooler. Yes, and again, oh, I'll go back to Montgomery just quickly because they did. They released him like the next day. I didn't realize okay. that. Okay. on In his time here, he sucked on offense. He sucked in the return game. He sunk, sucked in punt protection. And he was never healthy. No, what did he do well? I, I don't know. I mean, like, and again, and they held on to him right for two years. God. Like, what a good gig. He's in the little Jordan Humphrey bucket <laughs> wow. of Patriots players. So there's your three up, three down, uh, three down brought to you by Tullamore Do Irish Whiskey. Back to your phones. Here is Jake in New York City on Bailey Zappi and his cockiness. Go ahead, Jake. Hey, so, uh, hey, guys. Um, I heard what you were saying about Bailey Zappi being cocky and talking to his uh, college head coach about how he's going to start, but... After we drafted Tom Brady, he went up to Bob Kraft and said that that was the best decision he ever made. Uh, isn't that worse? I mean, that's the owner of the Patriots, not his college coach. That's it's it's nuanced, but it's different. You know, uh, that Brady comment was in a vacuum. And don't get me wrong, Brady was freaking mm-hmm. competitive. He knew he was better than Bledsoe, uh, but you know, he didn't say to Kraft, "I'm going to beat that guy out." He just said, "I'm the best decision you ever made." There's it's a it's a nuance but there's a difference to it i mean i to me i think it's splitting hairs with zappy i think you know a guy with his his ability level and size and whatnot has to have that sort of thing otherwise he ain't gonna make it 
Now, like, there's a fine line between being competitive and being a dick, but you got to have you got to be somewhere in there at his ability level, or he doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, look again. It's part of what I, I I agree with the assessment that it's part of why he can do it. Okay, like I, but I also would never equate what he has been at the podium, walking up there, to what Brady said to Kraft. Brady said to Kraft was in private. It wasn't out in public. And what Zappi said to his former OC was also a private conversation. I mean, it's not like he went out and told the way, yeah, you know, I told my OC I was going to win this job. He didn't say that publicly. No. And, and I mean, I remember I was covering the team when Brady officially got the job after that Rams loss. And that would have been the time up until then. It was an injury thing. So there's really no, there was really no uh, quote unquote competition, if you will. It didn't happen until after Bledsoe got healthy and then Belichick had to make a choice. And I just, Thinking back on it, I can't remember a thing Brady said at the time, which was nothing. He didn't take any victory laps. He just did his thing. But, yeah, okay, so Zappi's not Brady. All right, got that. Like, who is? I mean, I don't mind him having – if he believes all this stuff, I have I have no problems with that. You know, if he's cocky in the locker room or behind the scenes, but, like, you know, public – his, his college coach, offensive coordinator is, is – talking to TV and, and talking out of school. I mean, we didn't hear about that Brady story until years later, you know, in Super Bowls later. F- right. Four freaking starts, and right. we're hearing this crap about Bailey Zappi. Take about after he beat the Bills in Week 13 or whatever. Chuck in Ohio. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, uh, first of all, I want to say I agree with Bedard about that ball that uh, Bailey Zappi threw to Hunter Henry should have been intercepted. If the safety was Will Chamberlain, you got to be out of your mind. That was a beautiful pass. Stepped into it. It was on a line. At least it had some zip on it. I mean, a good safety if he plays it right. Yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Greg. But at least that throw was made with confidence, and the ball was on a line, which I just I got a little sick of with Mac Jones. I'm not the biggest arm strength guy. I can get away with a little lack of arm strength, but it got egregious there with Mac Jones. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, sorry. I was just looking up. Um, so to, to just see what they, somebody else had to say, I think it's uh, JT O'Sullivan, whoever does QB school on, on, uh, he does his YouTube videos. He breaks down quarterbacks. He was very critical of Mac Jones. Like I watched his Bailey Zappi assessment after I was done and, and, and he agreed. He, he basically had the same assessment. I mean, the safety took a bad angle. Like he, 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 he was in good position at first, but then he came up a couple feet, and that that gave the the opening. But you know, it was a good throw; it was a great result. But uh, you know, the read it was it was definitely uh, a high risky. risk. It's yeah. t- time to come out of that take bunker. It's okay. Zappy's better than you thought. Jones is worse than you thought. It should have been more of a competition. It's okay if you just come to that, then you can just get on with your life as opposed to. This thing now, you're just like stuck in your bunker. No, no, no. I'm telling you, I'm giving my you a life. I'm giving you a, a I'm giving you a life lesson. I here. said last year, I said that about Zappy, and like to the point where I, I said I was wrong. Bailey Zappy has proved that he's a good, solid backup quarterback slash spot starter, and I was disappointed that I didn't think that they should have released him at the end of camp. I was disappointed in that. One other thing on the on the Zappy thing. Yeah, here we go. Uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm just telling you that. You know, I'm trying to make sense of why Zappi went from where a lot of us thought he was at the end of last season to being released. And to me, I do think it had something to do with the offensive switch in this sense is that, you know, he came from a simple college offense. He went into a simple pro offense with Matt Patricia's so that he was able to get up to speed quicker than most. 
this season he was basically back to being a rookie in terms of being in this complicated Patriots scheme, and I think it just took him a while. The Patriots didn't think that he was going to be able to get it, but he has now proven it's taken into halfway part of the season where he understands the scheme, he can operate the scheme, so I think he's he's proven that he can play in this scheme. You see what he did there, Greg? He just put a big old piece of cheddar right under your nose, and you went, and you took a big bite of it. <laughs> That's called I, I, being baited. I, I just left, I let Felger you. do his thing, and I do my thing. <laughs> We're supposed to be communicating. No, that's okay. Uh, let's get to Belichick, shall we? Let's yeah. do that in our long commercial. Now, now. Felger and Maz continues. The options are manifold going into next season. Does he come back? to coach the team again next year is one way. Does another team look to hire him and then a trade is affected? And that's the way he came to New England in a trade with the Jets back in 2000. Does he get fired? I say the chances of that are 0.2%. Does he go into television? (laughs) You know how crazy that sounds, but he won an Emmy on that Best of 100 yeah, show with Chris Collinsworth show. and Rich, Rich Eisen did a fantastic job. Yeah. Only Nothing guy happened. that knows is Bill Belichick. Belichick and Cra- I think Robert Kraft would have to know. And everybody stay in mum. How about this? If he goes into television, they put him in the booth with Kevin Burkhardt and Tom Brady next year on Fox. There's the answer. Okay? I love it. So we replay that from last Thursday night. Because that happened, Al Michaels, with some interesting speculation that not many have really, really explored like like he did, you know, really punching out the TV possibility and even giving Belichick a booth to land in. And then the next day, or obviously that weekend, he has the Army-Navy thing where Bill's on the game day set and uh, is well-received for his stint there on the game day set. And so that sort of adds to the speculation about Bill Belichick and never mind the fact that the team won and looked good, uh, or better anyway, doing it. And you see that Bill Belichick got a little bit of a bounce. So, uh, like, you add that all up, and you wonder, Greg, you know, wh- where is this? And is TV more of a possibility than we previously gave her credit for? Uh, so, I, I think it's possible, yeah. And I think, you know, what you've brought up about it, I think, is is legit. I mean, Bill is one of these guys. He loves leverage. He loves options. And so he's going to uh, put out as as many as he can get um, to get what he wants uh, at the end of the day. I mean, but to me, I don't think, you know, a whole lot has, a whole lot has changed uh, off of the Steelers win. I, I think that the, I, you know, it's, it's my feeling it, that, you know, the crafts are, will part ways with Belichick once the season's over. I mean, you know, do I think if he wins out, do I think he has a chance to retain his job? Yeah. I don't think it's a hundred, a hundred percent. Um, but you know we'll have to see how it goes. I think that's that's the way it's been going for for a while. And do you think that TV is a realistic possibility or just a leverage point? Because I think it's the second thing I said. I think he's just creating leverage for whatever his negotiation is, and it's sort of a fallback. If he doesn't get the offer that he wants, he'll take a year off and do TV and make twenty million dollars doing that. But it's not what he wants to do. I would agree with that. I, I don't think that that Bill wants to do that. If he does TV. He's he's only going to do certain things like, you know, he's only going to break down 
uh, he'll talk about the history of the game, whatever, and he'll break down like positive plays about like, you know, look at this player and look at that. He's not going to give you the good stuff, which, which is what we want to hear is, you know, when we go against the Steelers, we knew we were going to get this look, this look. Yeah. We would go after this guy. We knew he was terrible. Um, you know, that sort of thing. That's the good stuff that Belichick could give you, but he'll never go there. Okay, but so whether he'd be good or not is the second question. I, I don't think he will for that exact reason. But would he do it to, just to collect the paycheck and to leverage these teams? And yeah, I, I, and that's what I think was going on there with Al Michaels. I, if I had to guess, Michaels' commentary there came from Bill or Bill's people. He won an Emmy, an Emmy Award for the NFL 100 thing. Like, who knows that? Who remembers that? Even if he was good, he was fine. He was just sitting around reminiscing. Like, so he got an Emmy. Like Maybe that, he walked into the production meeting and put his Emmy down right on the table. Well, but like, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, who would bring that up? I'll tell you who would bring that up. Bill's agent or Bill's people or Bill himself in talking to Al Michaels about the future. Well, you know, I, mean, I can always do TV. I did win an Emmy. Or, you, you know, the agent, you know, he... Bill can always go do TV, Al. He's, he did one thing and won an Emmy with it. So he, he can do that. Like, that's just all that that reeked of to me. So uh, I think it's just leverage. I think he's just leveraging. And it's a fallback for Bill Belichick. Now, will he be good or not? I think he'd stink, which doesn't mean that he wouldn't show a different side. Like, this is what people mistake. Okay, so on that game day set, Maz, he showed a, a quote-unquote another side. Mm-hmm. Big, how how so it's entertaining in a quick little snapshot because he's not like that often in front of the camera. Correct. So that's sort of refreshing and neat. Oh, we okay. So let's say Bill's like that every week. He's not that. He's not like Jimmy Kimmel. No, you know, he's not like this this entertainer. So it's like the the refreshing part runs out by about week two or week three that he's being more personable. And now it's about what you're actually saying into the microphone, as I keep saying. And the, to Greg's point about giving us true insight, which is meaning not just what went right, but what went wrong and why. And Billy ain't going to do that. If he wanted to, he could be good at it. He'd be mm-hmm. phenomenal. Be right? Awesome. He, yeah, he could be. He, but I agree that he wouldn't go there. He wants to coach first. That's the goal. The goal is to coach. The first goal is to coach again. So like anything else to me is just a, a leverage play or a backup plan. Like, you know, define it however you want. The first thing, he's a coach. He wants to coach first. That's his goal. Especially with that record still out there. I mean, come on. And that's that's a big thing, too. It's now 16 short, 15. You know, I mean, you can see you spend your whole life in a sport, and now you're basically on the threshold of, you know, being, by some measure, officially the greatest of all time, the most accomplished of all time. You know, he's so that's... But I don't put it past him to take a year off. How many years did Bill Walsh do TV? Do you have any recollection of that? God, I don't, but he stunk. He did. He sucked, is my memory. Completely <laughs> yeah. unmemorable. I think, yeah, I, my memory Mass. is... Parcells stunk. Yeah, he sucked, too. Dude, I mean, the only coaches who've been good are John Madden, who, I'm sorry, was great. Oh, he was excellent. Uh, I mean, he really... Had personality, uh, too. He, he, started, he basically created the role. I mean, like... And the, again, this is you baby Patriots fan. So he said, take a knee at the end of the Super Bowl. Grow up. He was great. Great. Uh, he was great for the sport. He was great in that role. He was great. Uh, John Gruden was great. Who else? What What other ex-coach? You not, know, not many. Maybe your father might say Hank Stram. Like, that's going back now. He was more of an X's and O's guy, yeah. But he had personality, too. But that is going way back. Of the coaches, there aren't many that are good at it. 
No, I mean, you need a big personality at a minimum. You got to have that. Sean Payton did it, but he was he was I, unmemorable. I don't remember yeah. a single no, thing. Either. I don't remember a single thing he did. Uh, Parcells was not memorable. Bill Walsh was useless. Mariucci was terrible. I remember that. I mean, Vermeil had a little bit of personality. I remember, but I don't remember a lot of criticism or bite or insight. I don't think Tony Dungy was very good. Well, no, that's why he's in studio. Yeah, you know, like he doesn't even do games. So, occasionally, he is on games, and he's terrible. I mean, I'm just trying to think. You tell me. Like Jerry Glanville was so bad, it was funny. <laughs> uh, Coaches generally aren't yeah. good at that because it's just they're just not programmed. They're not programmed to have a personality. And uh, everyone, I think most everyone, has it in the back of their mind they're going to get back in the game. And so they don't want to burn bridges or give away secrets. They're so paranoid and defensive as a group. That's just not so. But, I mean, I, I, I think Bill will hold it out there. And I think it, I think it already began. I think that thing from Al Michaels last Thursday was the beginning of Bill Belichick creating leverage with a potential TV job. All right, anyway, so there's the Bill topic. Go, We'll get back to your calls after uh, Murray's update. It takes 90 seconds. a fun seconds way to win no 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger Mass Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated, archaic, and weird. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. It's Felger and Maz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. My gut feeling is that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick are going to create a slightly tense united front and Kraft is going to thank Belichick for everything and Belichick uh, is going to say he wants to keep coaching. So I think that he and Robert Kraft understand at the end of the day that it's about peace and harmony and Kraft thanking him. Now, there's only one problem with my neat little theory, Mike Florio, and that is what if Robert Kraft has it has it Im, Im, emblazoned uh, on on everything that he believes that I we need to better our team. I want to get a high draft choice for Bill Belichick. You know, if we do let him go, just it's just my feeling after what Belichick has done for this franchise, which is everything. Uh, I think that I would just say. We want you to go, and good luck to you. Thanks for everything. I don't think he should be holding out for – I don't think he'd get a one for him right now. Coaching next year at age 72, 
And is it worth really going to town for a second round draft choice for Bill Belichick? Peter King with his thought. And I would agree. It's not worth a border war staring contest or anything like that. Not worth it. Let him go. You want any sort of break? You know, again, mutual parting of the ways and come to some sort of agreement on offset language or, you know, whatever. Make the new team pay the whole contract. And you now you're made whole on the money and don't worry about the draft or, you know, whatever. But don't turn this into a month-long thing, staring contest that you seem to have from Parcells to Belichick. And now, Bel- you know, the, don't do that thing again. And it was I know it was Parcells to Carroll, but you know what I mean. From Parcells to Carroll and then Carroll to Belichick, you had this. These border wars, it's not worth it at the end of the day. If anyone gives you a first, I mean, of course you take it, but why would you give a, a first for someone who's about to be fired? I just don't. I don't see it happening. It's our number two with the big boy. We'll go back to the phones. Greg, unless you have any thoughts here? No. Okay, so let's talk to the people here from our Town Fair Tire Studios in Waltham. How about uh, Joe and Weymouth on Bailey Zappi? Yes, Joe. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, Greg, I'd like to ask you uh, how you're saying that uh, it that Bailey Zappi was cocky, but when you said, I'll tell you when there's a quarterback uh, competition. But when you sounded like a sad sack on Thursday after the game, when Bailey Zappi actually played well. Uh, Okay, so what's the question? Not really. There's no real question uh, or point there. It's... That's just a zappy guy so, yes, saying. I was saying, eat it. I was he's cocky and you're cocky, but yeah. I'm cocky. Greg, they just want you to eat a little zappy crap. Crow. That's all. Just eat a little zappy crow, and then we can all move on. I did just, that just, last year. Just take a little. Just take a little something. You got to eat more. My comment was not about zappy. It was what I was seeing on the field. And yes, I come off cocky in my opinions, whether it's watching film or watching practice, because I have confidence. In my opinion, and I was confident in saying there's not a quarterback competition. I was right. There was not a quarterback competition. You're not helping be, some of that was the Patriots. Some of that was Zappy not mounting uh, uh, a case for himself. But uh, yeah, I'm just fine with what I said. But yeah. this is your problem. Okay, so you should accept a little bit, and then you, we can all move well, on. Well, you tell me what was wrong with, in my opinion ever. On Zappy, since since I said, hey, he's proved himself <laughs> I mean, to be a backup quarterback that, in this that, league. That didn't sound cocky at all. Tell me what's <laughs> yeah. been wrong with my opinion ever yeah. on anything. <laughs> no, 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 on Zappy. <laughs> your whole tone, your whole countenance. My my it, tone. Your whole countenance. So I can't remember every word that you've said, but mm-hmm. basically your whole stance has been that Bailey Zappy is unworthy of being mentioned in the same breath as Mac Jones, no. and there shouldn't be a competition, and there is nothing to see here with Mac Jones versus Bailey Zappi because Zappi's not in Mac Jones's class. That's not what I said. That's what you took out of it. What I said was there's no quarterback competition on the field. Just like when people said that Cam Newton had won the job over Mac Jones, I said they don't know what they're talking about. Nothing has started. There's, a quarterback competition has not started and then we went from there, and then Mac came back, mounted his challenge, and won the job by the end of camp. So you've just been misinterpreted by us. Yeah, you do that all the time. That's a given. Uh, Greg. I'm just keeping my mouth shut over here. Is Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones in the same class? Uh, are they Are they in the same class? Are they the same, are they the same caliber of quarterback? I'm not saying who's better one over the other, but would they be in this? If Maz were putting them in tiers, are they in the same tier? Oh. Uh, Let's leave that out of it. Let me let me pose this question. <laughs> because I think they are. Let me pose, I, I think they are. Let me pose this question. 
if they were both available this offseason via trade, which they would be, who who would fetch a higher draft pick? Mac Jones, obviously. So, but, but isn't that the answer? But based no. on where he was drafted yeah, more exactly. than anything else, it's right. not about the talent. No, but that's a talent evaluation. When you give up stuff, you go back to your college evaluation. What grade do we have on exactly. it? Exactly. Look at how the Patriots completely screwed this guy up. Let's give a, let's call it a fourth round. I don't think anybody would trade anything for, for Bailey Zappi at this point. Okay, probably not. So that's the answer to me. Because Mac Jones had a better reputation coming out of college? That he was evaluated higher. Because That's why of, he was a first-round pick and Bailey Zappi was a fourth-round pick. Okay. How about Trey Lance? What would you give up for Trey Lance? Nothing. Okay. So the, 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 the evaluations coming out of college are often wrong, like, but you're still going to go back to that? Mike, I'm asking. And, oh, by the way, that's what teams will do, and that's why they're stupid because they just sit there and say, oh, well, this is what we had. I'm coming out of Alabama, ignoring the fact of who he was throwing to and who he was blocking, you know, all that stuff, because they're not willing to do what you're not willing to do, which is say, oh, we had it wrong. That this nobody kid out of Western Kentucky is the same kind of kid as the one from Alabama. They can't bring themselves to do it, just like you can't. But I'm asking you, take, take out draft status. Do you, just watching them, do you think they are the same caliber of quarterback or is Mac Jones still a clear cut above? clear cut i don't know if i would go that far but certainly uh you know today billy zap is a much better quarterback than mac jones but as far as my evaluation this is why i'm taking it out of it that if they were available to the rest of the league the patriots could get a, at least a fourth round pick for mac jones they would get nothing for bailey zappy to me that is the answer okay but would you rather have trey lance or bailey zappy trey, trey lance trey zappy La- i'd rather have zappy oh i'd rather have lance I mean, I, I, I know Zappi can win NFL games. I don't know if Trey Lance can play in the NFL. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. I'm going for upside there, though. Like, uh, you know, to me, what's the best case with Zappi? That's a different Again, question, but I go Lance. He's there. won games. Lance hasn't done that. Boy, you really hate him. That's oh, true. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. so the, this no, is No, I just think Lance has got much much higher upside. I don't know. There's something. I bet if the last name was Zeppeli, you'd be more. <laughs> Zeppeli. Yeah. So yeah. Trey Lance went for a, for a fourth to right. Dallas, a future right. first, a fourth. So, you know, that's interesting. I, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what people do. They go back to their college evaluation because they take out the, the context that comes from whatever system that they were in and how they were coached and how, you know, Bill Belichick hates quarterbacks and he has no clue about offense anymore. They try to take that out and just look at their evaluation of the player. So I don't think we're making any progress out there, callers. Uh, Nick in Plymouth. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, guys. I just want to bring up the cockiness about Zappi and everybody defending him and comparing him to Brady. He's got the same attitude that Baker Mayfield had when he came out, the same attitude that you had from – I can't remember the Cleveland guys that have come out by um, Manziel. But I just want to ask real quick from Bedard, that offensive line, is that the reason why Zeke had such a great game? Do you feel if Bailey goes down, does Mac play a lot better behind that line that's been playing the way they have in the last two weeks? It depends on the game. I think that the Steelers match up for whatever reason. It could have been the Watt, the Watt and Highsmith injuries during the game. I don't think – I think it's obvious that T.J. Watt was concussed. And how did, how about – how did they deal with that? That was ridiculous. Talk about the NFL should be ashamed of stuff. How they, you know, dealt with TJ Watt in that game. But, you know, if if Mac Jones went into a game today and he was pressured 18% of the time, which was what the the balance of the Steelers game was, 
Um, do I think he would play as well as Bailey Zappi? No, because I think there's too much damage has already been done. He's too, you know, sped up at this point. You know, that Zappi came in fresh. Now, I will say, you know, Bailey was under a ton of pressure the week before uh, in the Chargers game and, you know, basically played like Mac, you know, in, in my opinion. But I, I think that um, Zappi's just a lot fresher. He didn't have to deal with stuff. There's not a lot of built-up uh, PTSD with the pressure. So I think he he's definitely the better quarterback right now. There's no question in my mind. Let me scratch one itch. That's a little bit of a, a, a fallout from this game because I've heard a lot of people saying it's going right up my ass. This was the best quarterback game the Patriots have had all year. Wrong. Know. No, the Buffalo game. Wrong. Who's Mac Jones in Buffalo? Yeah. Or at against Buffalo in Foxborough. So, like, uh, you know, okay, fine. So they each got one in their column now. Like, uh, I think that if if they had handled this year right and protected Jones, given what I saw in the preseason, Jones is the better player. Okay? I would, uh, you know, not by a huge margin, but I think he's the better player. All right, 10 questions with Bedard, and I got a $100 gift card for you as well if you like free stuff, so stick around. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Driving you home and driving you crazy. No one has any idea what the hell that means, but that's what that means. It's Belger and Mass on the Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Belger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Bedard, across the league in 10 minutes. we got to be on time. So what are our buzzer options this week, Jimmy? This rumor was awful. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Agitated up in Toronto that Otani wasn't on that plane. Go ahead. Listen. God, that's so annoying. Uh, speak. <laughs> okay. Uh, me being annoying. Next. Roller coaster. <laughs> oh, sucks. Say what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All-timer there for Murray. Next. Last one. Ah, seven straight years. We've never benefited from any call. Ah. <laughs> Patrick what Holmes. about the Dak Prescott yesterday? Yeah, I, mean, I was uh, dying. I, I, that's another easy Okay, one. here we go. <laughs> that's a, that's a live, live buzzer there. Hit yeah, it, yeah. Jimmy. Ah, seven straight years. We've never benefited from any call. Ah. Okay, uh, a lot of these questions are based on the Packer game last night that I obviously watched kind of closely. So, oh yeah, you didn't see it, then maybe you won't understand what I'm saying. But all right, uh, question number ten: Should the Packers, the Packers would be touchdown that was caught the play before they tied the game. This was the catch by Heath in the end zone where he caught it, got two feet down, and then got the ball batted away. 
They went to replay. It took a while. It was ruled incomplete on the field. It stayed incomplete. Should that have been a touchdown? Yes. I, if he would have caught the ball on the end line, just caught it, got two feet down, then went out of bounds, it would have been a touchdown. Like, it, it, the end zone is, is officiated differently than the field. You don't need the time element. You get two feet down with the ball. That's it. It's a touchdown. It's over. So I say no, but I am more confused by ever than the touchdown catch. Like the one on the field, I get. I got a pretty good grasp on that. But but they are now taking those rules and applying them to balls in the end zone. And I'm as confused as ever by by the calls in the end zone. My correct. gut tells me no, though. I say yes. And they muddied it up, too, because on the broadcast, it might have been the, the ref they brought in. Someone mentioned a third step. Right. So now you need a third step? I thought it was two, you a-holes. There was a second step, second foot down. That should have been a TD. Next. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> well done on the fly. Number nine. Should the Barkley fumble on the series before have been a fumble? Because he was grasped and tripped. He then sort of stumble ran about another seven, eight yards, hit the ground. The ground caused a fumble, but they ruled that he wasn't touched even though he was okay. That play, should that have been a fumble? Should not have been a fumble. That tackle caused him to fall on the ground. End of play. Should have been a fumble, and I'll tell you why. Because the real question there is, did he regain his feet? And I think he did. It's quick, but he then stumbled on his own. It, he got his balance back after the guy tried to trip him, and then he lost it again. It's the initial contact that caused him to be so clumsy. It wasn't like he tripped on the, the ground. So I say no fumble. Okay. My feeling on both of these is that it's nothing to get mad about. You you can't rewrite a rule, and you can't blame the officials. Sometimes, especially in this sport, with an oblong football, it's going to be close, and it's going to go one way or the other, and you've just got to deal with it and get on with your day. And it sort of it drives me nuts how the current you know expectation is that you've got to get everything exactly right. And everything has to be exactly detailed in the rule where sometimes it's just a little gray that Packers would be touchdown. I don't know why you would need a third step in the end zone, but oh, well, hang on to the ball and Saquon Barkley. Don't fumble it. Like, I mean, he extended his arm sort of. Was, what a mistake by Barkley. You, you win some, you lose some. Like, I'm okay with those being gray. That's just what the sport is. Can you? Apparently not. Next. Yeah! Here we go! <laughs> thoughts on Tommy DeVito and thoughts on his agent. <laughs> so, DeVito, he's uh, Italian, faster, better arm, zappy. Um, just really a guy. Are, are we sure zappy's not uh, Paisan? Oh, no, I don't think he is, no. Yeah, I don't think so. Not with hair uh, like that. And his agent, Sean Stilato, Salem Navy. I've known him for years. I... He, the guy is a hustler. I will say that. Uh, when I was at the Globe, he used to be all over my case. He wanted to, he, he he works it, and he's nonstop work. I got to give him credit. Good uh, good for him. Definitely annoying on television, but that's just him. He wears that stuff all the time. It's not just for show for these games. He's uh, freaking. Who's the guy from Jay Giles? That knob from Jay Giles. Uh, and I say and I say this to all respect to my heart. I think oh. he's a, a rest in peace. Jeez, I don't even know who you're talking about. The Boston the lead, guy. The, the, the squid from Boston who dressed like that. And again, I, I think he might be departed, so I say this all the... Peter just, Wolf. I'm just kidding. Peter Wolf. 
Didn't Peter Wolf dress like that? Uh, he yeah. looked like Junior Soprano going to a wake. Anyway, go ahead. Well, when I saw the two of them on the sideline, I thought like they had broken out in a shell game or three-card Monty over there. That's what it looked like. But the two of them? Oh, I want him over my house for, for Christmas Eve dinner. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We could have fun with those two guys. Have a little Zambuca. Oh, yeah, that's a good night right there. All of it I can't get enough of. And I'm stealing someone's tweet, but I thought it was a great idea. Some dude, some random person put out, and it went viral. It would be great if every team in the NFL had a third stringer that was a regional stereotype. So, like, you had, like, you know, right. Sean Sullivan from Southie is the third stringer here, and he gets a shot, and he's talking about how his dad is a cop and his right. mother loves scratch tickets. Like, it'd be the right. balls. If every team had a regional stereotype, Nice. Type of the third stringer, it would be great for the Love league. It. Yeah, Billy, what's the play call? Yeah. <laughs> Billy, get the play call in so I can get the effing play, get the effing ball snap. And Peter Wolf is still with us. So uh, just, uh, you know, <laughs> FYI, I've, he's, he's still with us. So I still, you know, in all due respect, but he wears a hat like that. The, uh, boy, I, you do got to respect the, how they are just leaning into it. Like, you cannot, I mean, there there is a, a Disney movie coming or something. Like, that you just can't portray and embrace the caricatures uh, of the whole from the parents to the agent to the kid to the the, the did you see the spread lives the at home at the tailgate lives at home the mom the makes his bed that cutlets that chick, t- teddy cutlets or tommy cut, whatever like the whole thing they are leaning into that thing. i'm telling you they would fit right in in my house next this rumor was awful that's ridiculous where? Again, Toronto didn't like it when they opened up the door of the private plane and the guy from Shark Tank was stepped out. <laughs> Number seven, the lead takeaway from Dolphins-Titans last night. Tyreek Hill is the MVP of the NFL. He's the most valuable player by far. They are a completely different team. Tua is completely different without Tyreek Hill on the field. I don't know who's winning the Super Bowl this year, but I know it's not going to be Miami. That team is soft. They slip up. They're a little too flashy and kind of, you know, a choreograph. Like, you get them in a real game and they make stupid mistakes. Nobody's good except for San Francisco. Maybe Dallas, maybe Baltimore. Miami's supposedly one of the best teams in the league, and that's what they give you, and that's how the quarterback played. Like, that was, they stink, and I think everyone's trash. <laughs> and the team that wins the Super Bowl will be the least of the trash. Next. <laughs> Listen. God, that's so annoying. Uh, speak. Six. Thoughts on the offsides on Kadarius Tony and the Chiefs' reaction to it? Has to be called. He's a moron for not checking with the ref. And the Chiefs, embar- they were embarrassing after the game, their reaction to it. I know they're frustrated about last week against the Packers, and then, but mostly their own play. But they, they, were, they embarrassed themselves. You're right, Greg. Yeah, same. And they're acting like a bunch of bitches. But I said yesterday, it's a bunch of mis- misguided anger. Mahomes, read what they're really mad about are all the wide receivers that they're surrounded by. Next. Ah, ah, for seven straight years, we've never benefited from any call. Ah. <laughs> rank the worst tool bag question. Rank the worst tool bag organizations slash fan bases when it comes to bitching about officiating all sports. Oh, all sports. Oh, all sports. All sports. Oh, I goofed on that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't. You weren't that descriptive. Go ahead. I forgot to put it in the question. I'll give you my thought in a second. Uh, so I was going to say... Uh, Number three, Patriots, two Chiefs, number one, Ravens. They have a persecution complex. I'm not sure if they do it that much for the cameras, but definitely behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, Patriots, Celtics, Mike from Woburn. <laughs> I kept it to the NFL. That's it. Number one, Patriots, precipitous drop-off, Raiders fans, then Saints fans. The troika of fan bases in the NFL at all think Goodell's out to get us. Okay. So Greg is right about the Ravens. 
But if we're going all sports, number one with a bullet, the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. Mm. Okay, Special kind of a-hole. Then comes the Celtics, because you people are the the south of the border, NBA equivalent of the Montreal Canadiens fan. Sorry, you are. And then I go Patriots, even worse than the Ravens. And I love, I do love... All the all the caterwauling here in Boston about how the Chiefs are carrying themselves. Like, you would never see Brady and Bell. You would never see the Patriots do that. The Patriots would never do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is an organization and a fan base that when they grabbed the guy's phone who handled the footballs, on his phone he had text messages saying, yeah, Wait till Tom sees his balls the next game. They're going to look like rugby balls. And the only thing deflating is his passer rating. And call me the deflator, and that next one better be filled with kicks and a you know, brand new pair of shoes. That was all on his phone, the guy that was handling the footballs, and you all responded with, do you know what the temperature was in the locker room? That was about weight loss as well. Yeah, right. You people <laughs> on his phone said, wait till you see what the balls look like the next time, and you took them to court. So I'm sorry. You wouldn't be doing what the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chief fans are doing? <laughs> yes, you would, and you know it. Next. You'd be doing it worse. Roller coaster. <coughs> oh, suck. Say what? <coughs> Number four, rank the best coaches in the league and stop when you get to Andy Reid. McVay, Shanahan, Reid. 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 Ooh, really? Yep. yep. QB, QB whisper, innovative offense, stays away from the defense. It's what I want. Next. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Three, rank the greatest tight ends this century and stop when you get to Travis Kelsey. Gronk, Kelsey. Uh, Gonzalez, Gronk, Ugh. Witten, Gates, Kelsey. Wow, what? Gonzalez. Yeah, what the Gonzalez. hell is wrong with him? But Gonzalez better than Rob Gronkowski? Yeah, Gonzalez no. at his peak was dynamite. No, no, Gronk, Kelsey. And he played a lot longer. That counts for something. I'm willing to go oh, pretty boy finesse tight end. I'm willing to go Gronkowski. Um, uh, why am I blanking on the name in San Francisco? Jesus. Kittles? Oh, Kittle. Kittle. Uh, Gronkowski, Kittle, Kelsey. Kelsey's Make a, that argument. Kelsey's a finesse player. He's a, he's glor- a receiver. He's a glorified slot. Yep. Correct. You know, we're, uh, you know, Kittle will destroy you, mm-hmm. and Gronkowski would destroy you. It, it, you know, it, Tony Gonzalez is not ahead of uh, Rob Gronkowski. He became a very good blocker at the end of his career. Did he? Yeah. Look it up. I'm going to watch the film now. I'll do that <laughs> I next. researched it. Next. Witten, too. Next. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Rank the best quarterbacks in the NFL the past 30 years and stop when you get to Patrick Mahomes. Brady Mahomes. Brady Mahomes. Brady Manning Mahomes. It's tough, but Brady Mahomes. But it's, I considered Manning, too, but Mahomes is more of a playmaker. Here's the reason why I, I didn't more, include he's Manning. That Brady and Mahomes don't need as much as Peyton Manning needs. Like, he, you know, he needs the great well, Hall of Fame receiver, running back, you know, the defense, the one year he won in, in Indy, the defense was great at the end of the season. And then he goes to Denver. He had an all-time defense. I'm also just going to defer to playoff wins. You know, I know, right, the, Mahomes doesn't have the body of work yet, but I've seen him work in playoff games, and I've seen Peyton Manning work in playoff games. Mahomes greater than Peyton Manning. Next. 
This rumor was awful. That's ridiculous. Last one. There's talk this week that Taylor Swift will, in fact, be at the game Sunday at Gillette. Maybe even, I don't know, ring the bell prior to kickoff. Although I tend to doubt it because she's with the Chiefs. But that begs the question. If you could pick one person on the planet right now, one person, to ring that bell, who would it be? I just did a, a joke one. Uh, John Yastrzemski. <laughs> Speaking well, one of one of the deflator. No, no. Who was Speak- he the deflator, or yeah. was that the other guy? Well, no, that was no, the Drio. other guy. It was, well, uh, well, Birdman was uh, not just Tremsky. Oh. It was uh, why am I blanking? My God, of all people, McNally? Yeah, McNally, right? McNally. Yeah. All right, and I want McNally. Dorito Dink. Yes, yep. uh, Taylor Swift. I think she's perfect for this game. In fact, I really gave this a lot of thought. I had a hard time coming up with someone better than Taylor Swift. I got one for you then, Sydney Sweeney, actress Sydney Sweeney. We all win. And for anyone that hasn't looked it up yet, see the trailer for her new movie, Anyone But You. You come away from that, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Well, if we're going to start doing that, I can get playing. <laughs> has a whole list. You can't open up the uh, door for Margot Robbie. Like like, <laughs> I, you know, but I was trying to pick, pick someone game appropriate. No, no. Taylor Swift's the answer. She's there, the answer. She's the I mean, Brady's the answer, but he did it. That She's the answer. Uh, and thus concludes 10 questions. Uh, update them back with you. Murray, what's the name of that movie? Anyone but you, man. <laughs> Belger and Maz continue on the Sports Hub. My pick on this yes, one? Sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm, coach, I'm going to take a page out of your book here. I'm oh, go. oh, oh, no way. The 1962. This is the Jolly Roger Beat Army in Chinese for Paul Dietzel's Chinese Bandits. Go Navy. Beat Army. Again, that was Belichick's stint on uh, the game day. She drew a lot of positive reviews. Again, low bar. Low bar. <laughs> People extrapolated that to mean, well, see, Bill would be good on TV. What? Because he showed a personality for five minutes? Let's say he shows a personality for three hours a week. That doesn't mean he's a good a- uh, analyst. Or he-, he shows more personality than you would think. That doesn't mean he's showing personality. Like, he's not going to turn into John Madden. Nope. Or John Gruden. Or one of these guys. He's just going to be better than he is at the podium in Foxborough. What does that mean? So the novelty of that runs out in two weeks. No, he's going to have to tell you what's coming up, uh, who screwed up and why, uh, all those things, and I don't know if he'd be willing to do it. He's certainly capable of doing it, but I don't know if he'd be willing to do it. Meanwhile, uh, if you've uh, just are joining us or haven't heard the news already, the, the Patriots um, lost Malik Cunningham today. He was on their practice squad because they keep bouncing him on and off the active roster. And when you're on a practice squad, you can be claimed by any team at any time, and Malik Cunningham was today by the Baltimore Ravens, which has this which should have you annoyed whether you believe in Malik Cunningham or not. When you look at all the flotsam and jetsam on this roster, this crap that they have on this roster, yet they didn't have a spot for Malik Cunningham to lose him for nothing to another team that's probably going to figure out how to use him, should have you agitated. What's uh, the latest in what you believe or are hearing there, uh, Greg Bedard? So I, I was talking to a uh, Ravens source earlier, trying to figure out like how they're looking at Malik Cunningham, um, and they project him, hopefully, and they don't know. It's sort of like a future bet. Hopefully, uh, eventually a QB. Uh, they had a spot short-term. They could you know use some help at wide receiver. 
but the source said it's a QB league and he fits our offense. Um, could pay off next year. It's not really about this year for them. It's a QB league. I was just going to say that. Interesting. Hmm. So one team sees a guy in a QB league and another team uh, is loaded with gunners and punt protectors. And uh, I'll give you five or six names on the bottom of this roster you never heard of who do nothing. <laughs> Yet they couldn't save a spot for Malik Cunningham, but they do for, again, I've forgotten the names, uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Meanwhile, back to your phones. Chris, Chris and Rainham, go ahead, Chris. For you to compare Patriots fans and Deflategate to the Chiefs is embarrassing. Those are two completely different scenarios. Uh-huh. The Patriots were railroaded. Uh-huh. The Chiefs were not. Uh-huh. It was it was clear as day what happened to the Chiefs. And name one time you've ever seen Brady do anything like that. And even Belichick, after the games, they are mature enough <laughs> and professional enough to calm down. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Oh, Chris, I put you on hold. Boy. So you're saying Brady, when he got hit or breathed on in the pocket, never turned to the ref with a look on his puss with his palms in the air, looking for a flag? Never? Or he never screamed from the sideline at a ref? Never? Really? You believe this? I mean, the reason the position is officiated the way it is today is because of him. And all the bitching he did to these refs. When Wes Welker laid a block on Aqib Tlaib in the playoffs, Bill Belichick called it the dirtiest play he's ever seen. That's your better argument. I don't remember Brady bitching about the refs a lot after the game. Not after. after, After the game, he did a pretty good job. The look and the hands, especially when they're playing the Ravens. Again, I mean, he's my binky, but it was out of control at times. Chris, if you got called for this, you're right. I think Brady and Belichick would have handled it better than the Chiefs. They, they handled it really poorly, no doubt about it. So they would have been better in the moment. But I know what you would be doing, and Mike Curley would be doing. You know what you'd be doing? You'd be going through all the games across the league, finding other examples of slot yep. receivers lined up on the line of scrimmage. You would be photo cap, you'd be photo shooting those and tweeting those out and saying, why didn't they call it on them? Like they did that? Kind of like how the Eagles, the Eagles uh, were lined up uh, in the wrong formation on the Philly special. Exactly. Is that kind of what you're referring to? Exactly. Why did they call it on us? Goodell's out to get us. They hate us because they ain't us. You know what you're doing. You, you just confirmed it, Chris. You still remember. You still remember. The holding on the uh, uh, Rodney Harrison play, the uh, Tyreek helmet catch. How many holding penalties? Oh, so like uh, uh, Richard Seymour or uh, Jarvis uh, no, who am I thinking of? Uh, the defensive uh, uh, lineman. Thomas. No, no. Oh, was it AD that was held? Uh, no, who was the, you had one more defensive There were like lineman. five holds on the play. Yeah, they were holding all over the place. Uh, why am I forgetting this defensive lineman's name? Now it's bothering me. Strahan? No. Uh, no, on the play you're talking about. You're saying Adelis Thomas was held. Richard Seymour oh, yeah, was yeah. held. You had another defensive lineman. Why am I blanking on the name? This is going to bother me now. Could have been Jarvis Green. Is it Jarvis Green? Not Ben Jarvis Green, Ellis, the running back. No, no, Jarvis Green. Jarvis Green was a defensive yeah, lineman. Yeah, he was a good pass yeah, Jarvis Green, yes, yeah. he was held too. I think he was. Uh, How many photos from Matt Chatham, if that was the... Uh... Oh, my God. You know exactly what you'd be doing. You'd be doing the exact same thing, yet I love the piling on of the Chiefs. Just admit it. You're worried about the Chiefs. They are. They are. Their success, you feel somehow is cutting into your success or cutting into what you did. 
And so you're mental about them. Belichick and Brady definitely wouldn't wind at the podium after the game. Not like that. No. No, that's true. Bill might have. Not like that, but... (laughs) Brady would not have. No, well, they, they wouldn't be as overt. Because they're kind of pussies when it comes to that. They, they, they don't want to tell you how they really feel. But believe me, they'd be encouraging the Hurleys of the world to screenshot the other examples of other teams lined up offsides, and you'd be running with it. You'd be making T-shirts about it in Barstool, and you'd be, it'd be all over the place about how Goodell's out to get us. I know exactly what you'd be doing. But if it makes you feel better to beat up on Mahomes and Reed, which I know it does, then just keep doing it. But I know I've, I've dealt with you people now for 25 years, so I know exactly how you'd be handling it. Dave in Watertown joins us on that Steeler game. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> Hello? Yes. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, geez, I almost lost my train of thought listening to that last call. It's just so sick being a Patriots fan these days, listening to the bang, bang, bang in the calls. But uh, I don't know. I, there seems to be this, this misguided confidence uh, going on in this uh, Bailey Zappi and... and false sense of accomplishment uh, because they think they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, to be honest, anybody who watched that game, which was extremely difficult to do, knows that the Patriots really didn't beat the Steelers. The Steelers actually beat the Steelers because their coach is an idiot. Okay, I'll just stop you there, Dave. Uh, Greg, you actually agree with this. Of course you do because you want to diminish anything Bailey Zappi does, but go ahead. (laughs) Keep going with your narrative. Um, Yeah, I just think, you know, the Patriots ended up beating Mitch Trubisky uh, a team that looks like it's openly quitting on Mike Tomlin that got beat worse the week before, uh, four days before on their own home field by a two and ten Arizona Cardinals team, and we're supposed to celebrate a three point Patriots victory like it was you know a big deal that it changed a lot of things. To me, it didn't didn't change anything. I I agree with the caller. That game said more about the state of the Steelers than it did about the state of the Patriots. Boy, three and ten has never looked so good, huh? You win one game, you're 3-10, and and all of a sudden you're going to start flexing your muscles and whipping it out and slapping people with it? I mean, they've still, two years, they've beaten two starting quarterbacks. Jared Goff, when the the Lions were in the midst of their their huge losing streak, and Josh Allen this year in the fourth quarter, when Mac Jones had the fourth quarter of his career. That's it, in two years. Long commercial-free segment, we'll say, say goodbye to Bedard right after this. At the end, uh, I think they said anybody else have anything pretty much. And I'm like, I do not envy your position is what I said to him. You know, I'm not going to ask a question. It's not about that. We all know what I'm talking about, but I don't envy your position. And everybody in New England, and I understand, I guess, from the New England perspective why they did this. They're like, Patches, people are saying I ambushed Robert Mm -hmm. Kraft. I didn't even ask a question. They said I ambushed him with that. And we shook hands. And then they said, uh, Patches told Bill uh, Robert Kraft, he's going to fire Bill Belichick. It's like, I did not say that at all. No. What I was talking about for the first time in like 20 years, is he going to extend Bill Belichick? Yes. Is he going to move on from Bill Belichick? How about the quarterback position? What are you going to do? Like, mm-hmm. I don't envy his position at all. He's the mm-hmm. man who owned and operated the greatest dynasty in sports history, the most consistent dynasty. He even said it. He said, Bill's been with us for 24 years. He said oh. loyalty to his businesses, all his mm-hmm. businesses, why he does it. So when I said I don't envy your position, everybody in Boston was like, he just told Robert Kraft he has to fire Bill. It's like, yo, you said that. I, I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was talking about all the other. Like, there's a lot. Maybe that's one of them. Sure. Uh, maybe that's certainly one of the outcomes, which 
leads me even more to say I don't envy that's brutal, his right? Because you heard what I just said about Bill Belichick. That's how I feel about Bill Belichick. So it's like I, the, the internet just built a narrative really quickly about what I no, said. Buzz. Not them. So I finally get in the car to drive myself um, to the to the plane or whatever, and I look and I'm like, oh, what? Whoa! I didn't say Robert Kraft is firing Bill Belichick. Y'all are saying mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like this is not what I was just saying. I don't envy what you have to do. So this is another thing that is Patriots fans hot and bothered. Pat McAfee ambushing Robert Kraft. That was his explanation of it yesterday. Quick thought, Greg, on this. So the Robert Kraft, like, handshake, I don't read anything into that. I mean, Pat extended his hand. Robert's not just going to leave it there. And that's sort of Kraft's M.O. Like, if you if you make a pointed comment to him or a pointed question, he kind of smiles at you and just shakes your hand. Uh, but as far as what McAfee said initially... I do read into it. It was very definitive, and you can't tell. He did a show from Gillette on Friday. So he was there for the better part of two days, maybe three days, 300 yards from the Kraft Group building. Hmm. And you're telling me he didn't talk to anybody from, you know, Herb Street was on his show on Friday also, not just on Saturday game day. He was there straight off of coming from Pittsburgh where they were in production meetings. Herb Street sits with Al Michaels, who knows all sorts of dirt on all sorts of NFL people. You can't tell me that he doesn't know something, that he didn't pick up something over the course of the last week from being around the Patriots, people who are connected to the Patriots and all that stuff. He was pretty definitive in what he said, and I'm sorry, putting the toothpaste back into the tube wasn't working yesterday. Okay, uh, final thought. Patriots-Chiefs, interesting spot in that the Chiefs, as we've sort of been alluding to here, have been catching a mountain of hell. And not just here, but, you know, everywhere. They they really obviously came off poorly from how that went down against the Bills and the reaction to it, and they're floundering as a team. And, uh, you know, so it's a, they're kind of in a spot. Does that mean they're vulnerable to you, or are they more dangerous because they got to get their bleep together? I think that... Uh, and you're the get-right game. I think they're a little bit more dangerous, but here's the thing. The Chiefs can't score. Like, they... They have big problems on offense. Their defense is actually better than their offense is. They're where they are because of their defense. And Chris Jones will be a handful for the Patriots interior. Um, You know, if they get Pacheco back, that helps. He was out this week. But all you have to do is take Travis Kelsey away. Make Mahomes beat you. Take care of his rush. Make sure he doesn't get out. I think the Patriots will handle the Chiefs' offense. To me, I just don't know whether the Patriots will score on offense or whether they'll be able to score enough. Okay, so again, I'm talking about a non-football thing. Just right. the state of the Chiefs, does it make them vulnerable or dangerous? Vulnerable. Yeah, I think vulnerable. They seem like they're, they're in a bad way. I know a couple of weeks ago, maybe in a week ago, I said I'm not falling for this. I've seen this before with the Patriots, even when they didn't look like they could be championship caliber. But this is bad these last couple of weeks. They don't have the offense to bail them out now. Yeah, right. They don't. I mean, again, Mahomes can do all he wants. He doesn't get the horses. They can't run away from anybody just with offense. They need turnovers and defensive touchdowns to do that. I think the Pats were in a good spot this week. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I'm not telling you. I didn't say they would win. Yep. I think they're going to hang in there. Zach Wilson and the Jets gave him a game earlier this season. They'll probably get the same thing with Zappy in this defense this week. Okay, Bedard, thanks for coming in. Thanks, guys. And hey, listen, boy. just Zappy fun. I was going to say, just a life lesson. Acceptance is the price of freedom. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to let it go and move on to the next thing, and you're better off for it as a person. I'm not talking zappy, John. I'm just talking about you as a person. Just take that. Just When you go today, take that with you.
life advice from Michael Felger. <laughs> That's it. That's something. All right. See five, you, boys. Five cents, please, as uh, Lucy would say. Okay. Uh, we got uh, reaction to the Shohei Otani contract across baseball. It's been interesting to hear that reaction. And uh, just what are the Red Sox doing? Just what are the Red Sox doing, Maz? Any idea? I can answer that in one word. <laughs> <laughs> What's your word? Richard. Uh, we've got those thoughts coming your way after Murray's 90-second update. No commercial.